And welcome back to Nashville Savvy. I know it's been a couple weeks and even today was a, a, a slow start um, in the media business trying to keep up on uh, t- up on our deadlines and covering the news and trying to get answers from people, uh, especially in metro government or in any type of government is really difficult. So I appreciate you guys coming back, visiting us here at Nashville Savvy, and we'll hop right into it. So this week we had a Metro City Council meeting, which um, is one of the you know few before the end of the year. And then we kind of don't jump back in until February uh, once we're get, we get into the new year really getting going again. So at this week's council meeting, we had a few things on the calendar. Really the only in-depth discussion was about this new taser contract. So I wanted to get a little bit into it. It wasn't too, nothing too crazy, but we in Metro have tasers and let's back up to the beginning of why we encourage having tasers in our MNPD. It's mostly to, uh, to have an alternative to lethal force, which was obviously something that we saw during 2020, the riot era, the George Floyd era, lethal force became a hot topic during the George Floyd-ish 2020 era. People really started to push for the, the use of tasers instead of guns and, you know, trying to tamp down some of the lethal force that's used by police officers in obtaining criminals who are, you know, at large or, you know, arresting people and such. So we are looking at a taser contract with Axon. That was what we were looking at. The kicker is is that we just upgraded our contract with Axon not like a year ago. So they're coming back with another contract because there's a new shiny toy. It's the Taser 10. And I'll give you some more details about it. But they're coming back and telling Metro and the council that, hey, if you want to lock in this price for this new Taser and upgrade all of MNPD with this new Taser, you have to do it and you have to do it now. Because if you don't do it now, then you're going to lose this pricing. And so they kind of put this pressure on Metro Council to pass this new contract so that all of MPD can get new taters. Of course, this did not go over well with a lot of people, people for different reasons too, because just a year ago, they did the same thing. Like, oh, it's like a limited time offer. If you don't do it now, you're going to miss out. And we bought the taser sevens. So that's what we have right now. They are a, um, they come with like, I don't know if you know much about tasers, but these are the ones that you shoot with a cartridge and they like go into you. (laughs) It's like tasers are, it's not like the kind you get jabbed with. It's like one that they shoot at you. And the taser sevens, I think that they have like a 12 to 25 foot range. Those are the ones that we have. They are more accurate than the ones that we were using previously. And so that's what, what we have on the market now, since Axon has this monopoly kind of on this, um, technology, what happens is in this taser, taser 10s are, they shoot 45 feet instead of just the 12 to 25. They're apparently more accurate and they can fire multiple times in a row so that when you, if you misfire, it doesn't take as long, I guess, to, to fire off again. They're saying that the accuracy makes them not only more reliable, but in the long run, less expensive because you're not, 
uh, wasting cartridges, misfiring. Um, and, and LAPD did a pilot study using the Taser 10s and touting after the pilot study. They're like, these are great. There's these like cut down, you know, uh, misfires and stuff significantly. So LAPD came out and, and upgraded to the Taser 10. Well, this deal, it seemed a little bit too soon and they felt like Axon thought that the council's a little too stupid <laughs> to realize what they were doing here. So we had a lot of back and forth discussion about this contract on the floor. I will give you a spoiler of eventually they did not pass the bill. So they were like, no, nope, we're keeping the old tasers. You guys are just going to come have to come back to us with another deal at a, you know, when we actually need to upgrade. And I think that the people who are okay with that decision um, run across the gamut. I mean, people who are fiscally conservative, people who uh, see this as like this company is monopolizing this, people who don't even really think that the use of tasers is useful, especially against people who are you know, people who are on drugs and stuff, like sometimes the tasers are are more dangerous <laughs> because they don't stop when they get tased. So it was an interesting conversation. What was the most interesting thing I think that happened on the floor was that newcomer council member Quinn Evan Siegel did some quick math for us on the council floor. She pulled out one of those like teacher whiteboard things and started to do the math, which I'm not going to lie if I was a council member, it came off a little condescending. <laughs> like, I'm going to show you how this math maths. In the end, she basically broke down the cost per tase. So how many times our Metro PD actually tases people is about, I guess, 70 times per year. At least it was 70 times in 2022. So she took that number and then she crunched the numbers that she was given in this contract. And she was basically over the next four years, it's going to cost us $12,000 more with this new equipment per tase, which is totally backwards math. Because if you're comparing cost per tase, then the way you would make a cost per tase more economical, I suppose, in this type of math, like this arithmetic, would be to what? Shoot shoot the tasers more? Like, do you want more incidents uh, where people are using their tasers? No. So so doing it cost per tase didn't really math for all of the other council members. What it really comes down to it, this new contract with would have upgraded every MNPD officer. It was like, I don't know, 1,003. I don't know. It was like almost 1,200 officers, I think, uh, with the new taser 10s. And it would just, it would cost Metro, I think it was t about $22 more per officer per month, which is a lot of money if you, <laughs> so, but it would have upgraded them to the Taser 10s. And I did hear some good arguments that yes, you should be arming your MNPD officers with the best technology. You should be giving them the best Tasers, et cetera, et cetera. But that argument lost out. And so that pat, that bill did not make it through second reading. So we won't hear, hear any more from it, even though I'm sure we will hear this again when we up our contract again sometime in the future. And I'm sure it will <laughs> be another funny conversation. Um, moving on to other things that happened during Metro City Council. Honestly, not anything too contentious besides maybe that the council passed a resolution suggesting to the state 
that they should not reject federal funding for education. So they made their statement. The only person who basically abstained and did not sign on to this resolution was uh, newcomer Jeff Islick. I hope it's Islick. It's either Eastlick or Islick. Sorry, sir. But he's a new council district member. He's known for being conservative. This is really the first time he's come out and, and purposefully has stood with the state GOP saying that they're the ones who have jurisdiction over this. They have the information. They have the wherewithal to make the decision. We don't need to be telling them what to do. So he abstained from voting with the rest of the council, but they did vote and pass that resolution suggesting that they accept federal uh, education dollars. So those are probably the two biggest things. We're also seeing, we keep seeing more multifamily and mixed use uh, development, housing, zoning stuff. Um, we will continue to see a few more things. And uh, when it comes to, I think, when we're looking at zoning and development, because I think that we're, people are starting to catch on to density and so I'm, I will be interested to see how things will be moving forward as far as all of this multifamily zoning stuff goes. Moving on, I want to show you a quick clip. So over the last, what, since, since um, the beginning of October, we've seen these protests downtown. We've seen pro-Israel and pro-Palestine protests, but the majority of the protests have been pro-Palestine. And they have gotten ex- uh, you know, exponentially larger each time they go and meet. They shut down. They've shut down West End. They've shut down Broadway. And uh, so I have gone to a few of these protests just to document what's going on there. So I wanted to quickly play a little bit of a clip of one of the organizers giving a speech that I captured when I went to a protest, the protest a couple weeks ago. So we're just going to play that real quick. Just a little tiny clip. So I'm going to bring up a picture of um, the woman who is speaking, who is the organizer. And actually, she goes by <laughs> she goes by woke scientist is her handle online. She is a Vanderbilt fellow. And actually, I'm trying to find her name. We'll find her name in a second. Um, but like I said, she goes by woke scientist. You can find her. She's been organizing a lot of these protests. She was the one speaking in that clip. It's really hard to hear because they're talking through uh, those, you know, megaphones. But when you sit down, I have uh, transcribed part of it. She really made a few strong claims. One of them being, you're seeing so many organizers around the world, not just protesting, but taking direct action. And then she starts to go towards, we don't need to be asking permission or for permits. We They're taking in uh, direct action that instead of the st- doing the status quo, they're tormenting companies, the manufacturers who build the bombs, the tear gas canisters, the light phosphorus, the Apache helicopter distributors. We're seeing people chain themselves to ships 
And protests uh, are the floor, not the ceiling. So during this rally, she really started to tell everybody, all right, this isn't working. Protests aren't enough. Um, here's another line from it. Uh, it's time to stop begging them for crumbs and direct time and energy to understand how our community's struggles are connected and directly target their power centers. So this is not only a call to protest and exercise their free speech, it turned into a call to take some type of further action. What those actions are, um, you know, you can only guess. And and we'll go into more of that when there's going to be some other videos coming out with the different um, journalists that I will share with you guys online. But it's not just a call for a ceasefire. It's a call to disrupt. It was, I heard one person at that rally specifically say to make all of your family members feel uncomfortable during Thanksgiving, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but not really, not when it comes to the seriousness of this uh, type of protest. We've seen um, these types of protests escalate over the years, especially since 2020. We have places like Seattle where they, the, the storefronts, they anticipate certain times of the year when they just know everything's going to be broken and burned down. So unless you want that type of stuff to happen, it's time to pay attention to the fact that these protests have an end. They're continuing. They just did one the other weekend. They shut down Broadway. They're going to continue to do them until they feel like they're I guess, accomplishing and achieving what they want, or they feel like they can't do what they want here and they move on to a different city. So that's really interesting. Let me see if I can't pull her name up. But I wanted you guys to know that this is happening right here. It's happening at Centennial, Centennial Park is where they do a lot of their protests. It happens at, in downtown. And, um, and I will be putting out her name and publishing her speech later this week. So unless I find it before the end of this uh, streaming, I'll mention it. But for now, just know she's known as woke scientists. Another interesting thing about her is she blames capitalism um, for all of the trauma and the mental health issues that people suffer in the West. And it's interesting because I've listened to quite a few videos of hers. And in a lot of ways, she makes a lot of sense. She's talking about things that are true <laughs> about people uh, how about how our um, system, our health system isn't about health care, it's sick care. And it's really interesting how she can be uh, aligned on so many things, but then want to push. She wants to basically she's a disruptor and she's an anarchist. So she wants to get rid of everything writ large and start over. And that's just her approach, apparently. So that's what you will be seeing from people like her, even if you watch videos and you're like, while this makes a lot of sense, I mean, this is, she also is willing to burn it all down. <laughs> so, so there you go, the woke scientist. Our next section. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, for today's local corner, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what we saw. Oh, God. What did I want to talk about? This is what you get when I don't know. Oh, okay. Our the sidewalk lawsuit. Okay, so we actually released a piece today, which was why I was late getting on here. But we recently in May, this lawsuit was won by these two homeowners here in Nashville, and essentially, Nashville Metro passed an ordinance originally in 2017, and then they made an adjustment to it in 2019 
where they could coerce private uh, property owners into having to build the sidewalks on their properties. So basically they would withhold your permit until you agreed to either pay a payment towards this sidewalk fund that the that metro could then use to build the sidewalk with or you were willing to pay to build the sidewalk yourself and then they would allow you to actually get your permit to do whatever you were going to do built on your property such so we've seen <laughs> so over the years we've seen all these floating sidewalks where you just see like a strip of sidewalk in front of one house and then no sidewalk and it's because of this ordinance is that suddenly you're just seeing people have to build the sidewalk in front of their private property and this type of coercion is was deemed unconstitutional so these two gentlemen who sued metro one and the appeals court decided this is unconstitutional. You can't force people to pay for this public uh, right of way. And so they had to pay them, you know, obviously back. Metro had to pay them back. I think the total was somewhere around um, $230,000 or something like that, that they had to pay them back. But not only that, now that court ruling has spurred, now Metro has to clean up this entire mess, which is. It's it is a mess. So what they basically did was they opened up a mechanism where if you were somebody who had to pay for your sidewalks during X amount of time, then you can make a claim and then they will review your claim and then they will decide if it, if it falls within the category of that you can get your money back. And then they keep passing resolutions and council approving money that we're paying back. So this whole cycle, it's a big win. So the reason it was in in um, my local corner, which is usually a positive thing, is that this is a major constitutional win as far as you can't just coerce the private sector into doing the bidding of, uh, you know, the local municipal government. Like <laughs> You can't just force the private sector to pay for all these things that are your pipe dream policy. And everybody loves a good sidewalk. It's not a, a war against sidewalks here. It's just, you have to find solutions. You can't just push through these crazy zany solutions at the expense of people's constitutional rights. So that's the win. The sad part is now, instead of policymakers being uh, held accountable for these types of bad decisions, really the, the people, the people usually don't know that this type of stuff happens don't know how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars we are now paying because of this mistake. That person who, by the way, the, the original bill sponsor is Angie Henderson, the now vice mayor. She's the one who really pushed this alongside Freddie O'Connell, alongside basically everybody in council at the time. And despite the fact that some of the community stakeholders warned them like, hey, this is this might not be a good way to do this because you're going to have these patchy, uh, incoherent sidewalks and you're like they they definitely threw out a few questions before this passed they passed it anyways and now it's going to be the taxpayers who pay for it but at least your constitutional rights prevailed so we're glad about that in fact this precedence is going to change things not only did angie henderson cost metro <laughs> metro uh taxpayers in nashville money this is going to hold a precedence that's going to affect these types of um, policies across the country. And this happens all over the place in New York, all over the place. Like these types of policies have been passed in other states, which is probably why they didn't even bat an eye at passing it here. But now that it's been deemed unconstitutional, you're going to see people suing different metro 
governments and councils that have these policies in other states. So not only did it cost us, it's going to cost all these other taxpayers across the country, which is just the domino effect of bad policy. So hopefully somebody takes a cue from that mistake and going forward doesn't make any, uh, you know, second make sure that they really think through the policy and the unintended consequences of those policies. The last section we're going to touch on since we're just now in a stream of consciousness, I'm sorry, guys, you're just getting whatever comes out of my mouth today. (laughs) But the last section is actually really funny. I'm going to show a clip during the taser uh, back and forth when they were talking about tasers uh, during the council meeting. New council member um, Coopin, he started to he was talking about lethal force and he used the focus of lethal force and then reverted it and somehow made this about pedestrians and sidewalks. So I'm going to play the clip right now. <laughs> here's two. Sorry. Here's two videos that had the same energy. Here we go. <laughs> thank you, Madam President. And thank you. Um MNPD and everyone else for prioritizing lowered use of force and for the time spent educating us on the issue. Uh, The question has come up, what is the value of a life? And I agree with that. And we have been ranked consistently lowest in pedestrian and bicycle safety. If we want to save lives, let's build sidewalks. Let's put lights on streets. There's a lot of ways to do this. And I'm aware there's not an apples to apples finance conversation here, but I think the distinction is important. Um, I met with uh, MNPS today in an unrelated I thought that that was another video that I sent. So there, so this, of course, him spinning this talk about, you know, reducing lethal force and then spinning it into, this is why we need more sidewalks was just the, the, <laughs> the funniest uh, policy platforming ploy I've seen in a while. So you can definitely start to see where the priorities of a lot of these new council members are. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or ugly. It was just really funny that he went from straight up, they were talking about lethal force and police using lethal force on criminals to let's spin this into a policy about sidewalks because that's 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 <laughs> that's how a lot of this council thinks. And so it was really funny. We put up a video comparing it to one of those, you know, TikTok like funny meme videos the other day where um, you could check that out on Twitter and get a good laugh. I thought that was the video I included today, but it was only the video of him and not the other video, but definitely check out my Twitter. It's Megan Lee writes. Um, You can also check out the pamphleteers Twitter. I think it's real pamphleteer on Twitter. Uh, But yeah, so basically that's, that was our week. (laughs) I'm trying to come back at you guys a lot more with a lot more um, preparation next week. And not look like I just pulled all my hair out editing my morning uh, piece like I did this morning. So thanks for tuning in as always. And um, I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Next week. (laughs) Bye. Oh, God.